Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Come one, come all. It is today's exciting episode of Trashy Royals. Alicia here. Welcome, everybody. This is Stacy, and we're so glad that you have joined us once again here at the court of the Trashy Royals. We have an exciting Trashy Royal to talk about today, Queen Camilla. We are so delighted to be joined today by our Trashy Royals, Trashy Expert, podcasting superstar and friend, Kristen Meinzer. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to Trashy Royals. Oh my gosh. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm trying to do a curtsy now. I don't think the listeners can hear me do the curtsy, but I'm doing my best. I am so honored to be in your court, to be amongst your peerage here today. We are so excited to get the skinny. We've been doing some older sort of historical trashy royals. We're going to get up close and personal with the newest dynasty, I suppose, of England. Yeah, you're going to take us into the Windsors today. As you know, we've been back in Russia and the 14th century. Oh, you've been everywhere. Yes. (laughs) We're going current today. Kristen, you're going to take us through the trashy royals voyage of Queen Camilla today. Yes, I am. And you two should absolutely feel free to jump in as much as you like to as I tell the very trashy story of our new queen. And yes, there is a lot of trash here. (laughs) Let us anon to the girl who got what she wanted finally after a bunch of years, Queen Camilla. Kristen, lay it down for us. Queen Camilla, give us the trash. (laughs) Well, Camilla Parker Bowles, of course, is known for occupying a castle made almost entirely out of trash candy. We're talking tampon gate. We're talking being the third person in Charles and Diana's marriage. We're talking about love triangles and love quadrangles, if you will. But the newly anointed Queen Camilla isn't just the world's highest ranking side piece. She's also an evil stepmom, not mother, stepmom, who keeps company with some of the world's trashiest people. Camilla Rosemary Shand was born July 17th, 1947 in London. Her parents were Major Bruce Shand, who was a British Army officer and wine merchant, as an upper crust person might be, and the Honorable Rosalind Cobbett, daughter of Roland Cobbett, third Baron of Ashcombe. Her maternal great-grandmother, Alice Keppel, was a mistress of King Edward VII from 1898 to 1910. I'm not sure if that means she is a cousin of Charles in some way. I'm guessing she probably is because most of the royals are related, right? They're all cousins. That's what I always say. They all do tend to be related. 
So, Kristen, about that, the one thing I really always find interesting, Camilla's great-grandmother is the mistress side piece, right, of Charles's great-grandfather. Great-great-grandfather, yep, that's right. There you go. There's a, a few greats in there, but wow, like it's almost like Alice Keppel knew those rules. The queen was in on it. The king was in on it. Everybody knew it was happening, but there was no like disruption of the royal marriage to get there. Alice was just a part of the family, right? Yes. And that's the way these upper crust people roll. In case it's not apparent, Camilla was one of these upper crust people. It wasn't just her great grandmother. It was Camilla herself. You know, she did all the horse things. She attended the posh school. She went to a finishing school in Switzerland, studied French literature in France. And in 1965, she officially came out as a debutante. So yes, she's very much part of this tradition. She's not somebody who's removed from it at all in the slightest. She's a continuation of all that. So let's fast forward a few years after she comes out. She begins an off and on relationship with Army Cavalry Officer Andrew Parker Bowles. During their off and on and off and on relationship, Andrew at one point began seeing somebody who we all know, Princess Anne, that would be the younger sister of Charles, and perhaps out of retaliation, perhaps trying to be petty, perhaps trying to set up some sort of incestuous love quadrangle, Camilla then began a little something with the future King Charles, and it's been reported that her opening line to him was, my great-grandmother was the mistress of your great-great-grandfather. I feel we have something in common. I had wondered to what extent that fact was family lore. Is that like, I had wondered whether that's something a family would be proud of. And (laughs) grandma was, yeah, I guess they are a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess we can be ashamed of some things or in Camilla's case, we can lean all the way in and boy, does she lean in. (laughs) <laughs> also, maybe peerage, get a bigger dating pool. Oh, God. Yeah, their dating pool, as I've said many times, it's not a family tree. It's a Christmas wreath. This is so small. It's just like my cousin slash sister slash next door neighbor is all the same person, right? L- look at all of them. Like Elizabeth and Philip, they were related not just on one side, but multiple sides. They were cousins plus cousins once removed, plus a bunch of other kinds of cousins with each other. I mean, these people are are really just marrying their own family members over and over again. It's a hot, trashy mess, and we are here for it. See, in the South, <laughs> they make fun of us when our family reunions are walking that way. But over there, it's, it's the thing to be. I mean, if you're classy, it's what you do, right? <laughs> or trashy. So, we so got to tra- get to those country house parties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I think so, is where it kind of continues. So we have our love quadrangle. Yes. Charles, yes. Anne, Andrew, Camilla, everybody needs oh, yeah. a bigger dating pool, but here we are. Oh, yeah. They're all doing the polo matches. On the weekends, Charles and Camilla, they're spending time at Broadlands, an estate owned by Charles's great uncle, Lord Mountbatten, whose name we will hear again later. They're they're doing all of the aristocratic stuff, the dressage. I'm sorry, did you just say Lord Monkey Button? <laughs> Lord Mountbatten. Oh, well, things are going swimmingly 
But then, but then Charles has to leave to serve in the Royal Navy and things fall apart with Camilla. Now, there are a few theories about why this is. Some biographers claim it's because Charles was just too spineless to ask Camilla to wait for him. Please, honey, I'm going to be gone for a few months. When I come back, will you still be my girl? Maybe he's just not brave enough to do that. Others say it's because Camilla actually was not so secretly still in love with Andrew and was really just using Charles in this love quadrangle to, you know, stir up some jealousy with Andrew. There are a few different theories, but pretty much everybody across the board, including Charles's own family members, agree that nothing could have gone anywhere between the two anyway, because the elder royals did not see Camilla as a suitable match. Um, there are a few reasons why she might not have been suitable. The main reason that's been thrown out there is because she was a chain-smoking gal who liked sex. You know, she was not a virgin. She was not pure. She would not pass the gynecological test that uh, future uh, princesses are supposed to pass. Okay, you know, wait a minute. Let's this. unpack that. Is there really still a gynecological test that they give prospective brides? Well, not now, but back then in the 70s, it's believed that there were still some very hard and fast rules about how hard and fast a lady could be, and she could not be hard or fast at all, if you know what I mean. That's just that's just terrible. It also, is terrible. It is. But it, it I makes mean, that Christmas wreath even smaller, honestly. Like, oh, yeah. If you only want virgin teenagers, you don't want women who are actually their own people who know what they enjoy and actually go after it. Yeah, that really limits the dating pool a lot. So Camilla had some fun in her life is deemed not worthy for the prince. Yeah, she she's a little raw. She's a she's a little bit outspoken. She might be a little naughty and she's definitely not a virgin. So Charles goes off, does his military service. And when he comes back, he's devastated because Camilla is now engaged to Andrew Parker Bowles. And Charles is like, damn, I missed my chance. Why didn't I speak up? You know, yada, yada, yada. There's a lot of, you know, speculation about what Charles was saying at this time, what he was feeling, how much he tried to persuade Camilla to call off the wedding. But regardless, the wedding happened and Camilla and Andrew's wedding was the society event of the year in 1973. All of London's jet set was there, including the one corner of the quadrangle, Princess Anne, she was there. Princess Margaret was there, probably saying very snide things and looking great. The Queen Mum, they were all there. So that was 1973. but. By 1979, Charles and Camilla were back on. They were back together again doing that Charles and Camilla thing. And how did this love relaunch itself into the stratosphere? It was because Charles was so distraught when his uncle Monkey Bottom, I'm sorry, Lord Mountbatten, was assassinated. Right. And he turned to Camilla for comfort. Oh, Camilla, baby, I'm just so sad right now. I just, I just need some love and some affection. So... Before you know it, Charles and Camilla are back on, even though, you know, Camilla just got married in the last six years. These two are an item again. And while Charles is seeing Camilla, who is married to Andrew, he is also simultaneously officially starting a relationship with a teenage girl named Lady Diana Spencer. We all know who this teenage girl is. After 13 meetings, he proposed to this teenage girl. 
And during their official engagement interview, the couple was famously asked if they were in love. We all know what happens here. Diana blushes and says, of course, I can't imitate her her pristine way of speaking, but, but in her sweet upper crust way, she says, of course, we're in love. And Charles, of course, replies, do you know what it is, ladies? Whatever love, love, whatever that means. Yes, exactly. The most uh, romantic thing you can say to your fiance, whatever love means. Yes. I don't know, fiance or victim. It oh. really does seem like they took a very naive, innocent young girl and hoodwinked her. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in her own words, she said she was a lamb to the slaughter. She really was just a kid who, even though she was aristocratic, even though she was old money, I don't think she knew what she was getting into. This is a guy who's in his 30s, who knows who he is, who has a rich full life, who's had sex with lots of people, who was in love with someone else. She's a kid. She's 19. I mean, think about that. 19 years old, in the States at least, you are still not allowed to go to a bar. You're not allowed to like rent a car. There's you're you're still essentially a child in the state's eyes when you're 19. You no, can be drafted and you can Sloan. vote, and that's about it. <laughs> no, she's a baby Sloan Ranger. I'm living in a flat with my friends. I'm working in a nursery. Look at me, career girl. Breaking yeah, out. look I'm at gonna... me with my puff sleeves and my weird sweaters and these floral prints that look like they belong on 85 year olds look at me. I'm just a kid wearing bad clothes and have a weird haircut. You know, I, bless her heart. Aren't, aren't we all supposed to be that at 19? Have our flatmates and our weird clothes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We normally just don't run into Prince not so charming. Yeah. Yes. And, and we are mostly not offered like an actual fairy tale ending. I mean, right. Like that has to be incredibly seductive. Oh yeah. Especially as a kid. I mean, think about it. She was just a few years away from being technically like a kid of the right age to read these fairy tales herself, right? Mm -hmm. You know, seven years earlier, she was in grade school still, you know, she was really, really young. Yeah. Anywho, so this marriage, it's going to happen. But right before the wedding on July 29th, 1981, it was later reported that Diana actually found an engraved necklace from Charles, intended for Camilla. And of course, she was devastated. I mean, how would you feel? You're about to get married to this future king. He seems so old and wise, and he thinks you're mature for your age. You're not mature for your age. By the way, no. anyone listening, if a guy in his 30s tells you, a teenager, that you're yes. mature for your age, that's not true. You're not mature for run. your age. Run. Yeah, run. Yeah. Do not yeah. believe that guy. We've Life all met is... that guy. He is not telling the truth. Yeah. So, she is devastated, obviously. I didn't even mention the fact that at this point, Diana and Charles had only met each other 13 times. So a lot of this fantasy of this happily ever after is in Diana's head because she barely knows this guy, you know? 13. Am I remembering right, though, that even she was like, this isn't a great idea and was told, like, there's no pulling back. There's no backing out of this, kid. Well, it was already decided. This is what yeah. has to be, you know, you're an appropriate bride. This is what's going to happen. You are going to give birth to an heir and a spare. You are the future queen. This is something that most people would die for. You are getting the ultimate privilege here. Enjoy this, honey. And Lamb to the slaughter. Yeah, yes. It's, it's exactly. probably also worth noting her parents had divorced. She had a very 
like it wasn't like there was a an a supportive intact family behind her who could have perhaps interceded and and come up with some my gosh we've just learned that Diana cannot have babies you know like <laughs> um, well and it was Diana's grandmom who was best friends with the queen mom who arranged yes. this whole thing anyway mm -hmm. right oh yeah absolutely this is matchmaking at its finest we're gonna have the oldest dames in the family talk with each other and try to orchestrate the romance of the century, the perfect breeding, the perfect match. She looks the right way. She's tall. She's slim. She's blonde. She's blue eyed. She's all of these things. She's old money. Her family's even more old money than Charles's family. He, in a certain way, is kind of marrying up with her. She's also better looking than him. Let's just be real. Not that it's all about looks, but it, oh, it's, it's all going to go so badly. It's a great time. Let's stop for just a quick second, take a break, and come back to resume the rest of the trashy story. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Okay, Kristen, the wedding's on. It's got to happen. Take us on through, sister. Indeed, the wedding has to happen. It is July 29th, 1981, and 750 million people around the world are watching as Charles marries Diana in her giant meringue dress with puff sleeves to here, a collar to there, and a train all the way to the other county. It is truly a wedding beyond all weddings. Notably, Diana does not agree in the vows to obey Charles. That vow is not included in there. So even though she's just a young girl, she does already have a little bit of herself being asserted there saying, I'm not going to include that in my wedding. And it's not there. Even though not long after Sarah Ferguson and Prince Andrew, when they get married, she says she's going to obey Andrew. So it's not like others aren't going to do it after Diana. Everyone did it before her, but she says no to the obey part, which I think is really interesting. Who is in attendance at this wedding? Ta-da! Camilla! Of course, Camilla is there. Charles has his favorite gal right there at the wedding, Camilla with her husband, Andrew. So 
yet another quadrangle situation here, right? The wedding afterward results in what the wedding is supposed to result in. An heir, aka Prince William, and a spare, Prince Harry, all within roughly the first three years. But then with Diana doing her duty, delivering these future heirs is pretty much not necessary anymore. And Charles resumes his affair with Camilla. Soon after discovering the affair, Diana confronts Camilla at a party and reportedly says, I know what's going on between you and Charles, and I just want you to know that. And Camilla replied in truly the most trashy fashion, saying, you've got everything you ever wanted. You've got all the men in the world falling in love with you, and you've got two beautiful children. What more do you want? Which, oh my God, what kind of side piece says this to the wife? Who says this? Only trash, right? And Diana answers saying, I just want my husband, which, I mean, come on, come on. If you are Camilla, what are you going to do here? (laughs) What you should do and what she did, different things. (laughs) Correct, correct. I, I think all three of us would take a moment and say, you know what? We should have a talk here with our man and say, you know what? Maybe this isn't the best idea. We're clearly breaking this person's heart. We're clearly not doing this in the best way. You know, we're not on the up and up here. So that's what we should do, right? But come on. As we know, Kristen, the heart wants what the heart wants. Yes. And Camilla, following in the footsteps of many a royal mistress, is like, too bad. I'm going to keep this thing going. And she and Charles, they just keep it going. They refuse to end things. And what does Diana do? She decides she's going to go public with this because her heart is breaking. She is devastated. And so she collaborates with biographer Andrew Morton on a book entitled Diana, Her True Story in 1992. And in it, she reveals Charles and Camilla's affair. Soon after Charles and Diana announce their separation, the world is shocked, like, oh my God. I mean, all the peerage has known for years this has been going on. But now that the general public knows, Buckingham Palace says, all right, you two can separate. This is getting ugly, but you have to stay together. You have to still do royal events together. You know, you're still the parents of the future king. Please don't mess this up. You don't have to be married, but you cannot be divorced. Meanwhile, Camilla, she's still everywhere. She's usually being seen with Charles at his country house, but sometimes out with Charles in other places, polo matches and so on. So Camilla's doing great. She's like, yeah, my man is separated. But then things get uglier for Camilla and Charles in 1993. I think you know what happens, ladies. I'm going to say a word here. Kotex. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. The, an early phone hacking scandal, I believe is how we would put it today. Yes. <laughs> Some of us call it tampon gate. And what happened was a leaked conversation from 1989, way back in 1989, between Charles and Camilla was published in an Australian tabloid. And the scandal included Charles telling Camilla he would like to, quote, live inside her trousers and joking that he'd probably be transformed into a tampon for her. The world was 
shocked. They thought this is terrible, dirty talk. If this is supposed to be sexy, it is not working. Uh, do you really want to be a tampon? This is the best you can do, Charles. The whole thing is comical and it's bad. Saturday Night Live is doing skits. Talk show hosts are doing late night monologues. The whole world is wondering tampons. This is the best you can do, tampons. Yeah. Not only are you cheating and you're trying to dirty talk, you're very, very bad at dirty talk. If this is your best version of dirty talk, how good are you going to be when it comes to, I don't know, political diplomacy conversations if you can't even do this right? Come on, dude. Now, in an effort to restore his declining public image because his image is completely in the toilet now, Charles then hires Jonathan Dimbledy to write a biography of him and conduct a primetime interview in 1994. In it, Charles is asked if he was honorable to Diana, and he says, yes, until it became irretrievably broken down, which in my opinion is really just a half-assed way of not telling the truth, which is like, no, I wasn't faithful, I cheated, and I broke down this marriage, or the wedding shouldn't have happened in the first place or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. But fidelity, whatever that means. <laughs> in the interview, to bring it back to Camilla here, this this is where it gets really even worse. In the interview, he also refers to Camilla as his longtime friend who would continue to be in his life no matter what. She is going to be in my life. She is my longtime friend. And I think we know that's not what he's really saying. Friends are different than what Camilla is to him. I have oh, friends. snap. Guess what I saw? There's <laughs> always a friend. Yeah. Reminds me of uh, when Rudy Giuliani revealed that he, I guess, had prostate cancer, et cetera. He mentioned that his very good friend, Judith Nathan, would be taking care of him. And he, of course, was still married to his first wife or second wife, I guess, at the time. Anyway, messy, messy. <laughs> There's always a friend. Yes. And that's not what friends are. Friends are something <laughs> different. You know, I, I do things like watch Netflix and play Parcheesi with friends. I don't say I want to be their tampon. I'm not going to say that to just a friend. No, not going to. After this disastrous primetime interview with Jonathan Dimbledee, surprise, Camilla and Andrew announced that they're going to get divorced. And <laughs> Andrew, by the way, was a run around himself and had lots and lots of his own action aside from Camilla. But this is just the straw that breaks the camel's back. What is the point of keeping up this facade anymore? Camilla, she just wants to be with Charles. Andrew, he wants to be with one of the many other friends that he has. So they call it quits. And this was sort of the code, right? The aristocrats have always been able to carry on this way. And the commoners were supposed to have their middle class values and and never and and but they were never supposed to openly know about it right like oh yeah and it's still yeah. like that to this day i mean god forbid you bring race as well as class into it then oh my gosh look at those kinds of people with all of their significant others with all of their babies they keep having with all of their filthy sex they have you know but when you're the upper crust, you can do those things. And, and then it's a little bit smarter. It's it's less messy. It's it's keeping business and pleasure separate. And, well, and that's sort of upper crust people. Then that's sort of what happens because with women, we saw this with Diana's ancestor, Georgina Spencer, 
Mm-hmm. I can't screw around on my husband until I have an heir. Exactly. Once I have a son and an heir to carry on, the dogs make everything very beautiful. Do you know my little uh, acronym about peerage? Oh, no. Dogs make everything very beautiful. Duke, Duchess, Marquess, Marchioness, Earl, Countess, Viscount, Viscountess, Baron, Baroness. Dogs make everything Ooh, very beautiful. Thank you. I'm going to use that going forward. It's a good way to remember because once you know who's talking to who, when you read all this stuff, the levels of peerage sort of becomes important. But back to the original point, men can screw around all they want. The married wives in the peerage, typically it seems can screw around once they've had an heir, maybe a spare. There's a boy to carry on the line of the title. Yes, exactly. So Camilla had done her duty. She had a son. She could go resume her thing with Charles and the things she wants to do. Yes, she has her son. She has her daughter. She's done what she needs to do. Charles has his two kids. He's ready to leave Diana in the dust, but he can't leave her. Remember Buckingham Palace said, you and Diana, you're going to stay married. You're going to still do public events together. You're still going to shake hands and wave at people. But then in 1995, things escalated when in a BBC interview, a now very famous BBC interview with Martin Bashir, Diana said of Camilla, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. That was truly the moment where the world decided, Camilla, you are trash. You are The reason why Diana is on TV, brokenhearted, why she is crying, why she is unhappy, and it's all on you, the world, they already had their issues with Camilla, but that was it. It it was no holds barred. The world hated Camilla, and by the summer of 1996, Charles and Diana were divorced. I mean, you remember that scene. Diana had every bit of public sympathy. She was like a three-year-old with the the tears welling up in her eyes, but not exactly falling. Like, oh, it was heartbreaking. It was, it was. And she was revealing a lot of ways that her pain was manifesting. You know, she was practicing self-harm. She Mm -hmm. was crying all the time. She was in agony. She felt like she had nobody she could turn to. And every time she did turn to somebody, they would just run to the rags and then the rags would write a bad story about her. So she couldn't really trust anybody, including her husband, who was just you know, from the get-go, not interested in her, only interested in Camilla. So this is the magic moment. Camilla and Andrew no longer together. Charles and Diana officially divorced. And then Charles declares openly, he says, his relationship with Camilla is, quote, non-negotiable. He is making it clear, this is my lady from now on. I am never leaving her. She is with me, whether you like it or not. You can say all the bad things you want to about her, but she is my lady. And he hired a PR rep to enhance her public profile. Occasionally, Camilla even started accompanying Charles to unofficial events, not official events, on unofficial ones. Unfortunately, though, despite Charles's attempts to spruce up Camilla's image, something happens in 1997 that just makes things all the worse. Do you know what I'm talking about, Stacey and Alicia? We do. It's, I think, one of the greatest tragedies, the death of Diana, Princess of Wales. Yes, yes. 
Diana was being chased by paparazzi through the streets of Paris. And while trying to evade the paparazzi, her car crashed and she died. The world was in shock. I personally couldn't believe it was real at first. Like, really? Is Diana dead? And even though I was quite a bit younger than her, I still knew that being in your mid-30s was not old enough to die. I still thought, oh, she she can't be dead. She's in her mid-30s, right? Mid-30s? Right. Who dies in their mid-30s in a car chase? Who who does that? But indeed, just as she was claiming her life for herself, just as she was starting to go back out there and live on her own terms, she died and she left her young boys motherless. And what do Trashy Charles and Camilla do at this point? Well, according to Harry in his book, Spare, Charles wakes up Harry and says, your mother's dead and gives him a pat on the knee, not even a hug, a pat on the knee. And then after telling the kids what happened to their mother, he makes little 12-year-old Harry and 15-year-old William parade through the streets behind their mother's coffin. And it is now well understood that the reason why these young boys had to essentially march through the streets like a freak show for this was because the palace knew, and Charles specifically knew, that if he were to march with the coffin by himself, the world would boo him. And mm. you can't boo this guy if he is accompanied by mm. Diana's boys. So the decision is made. These boys have to march with him alongside the coffin. Now they are lambs to the slaughter, as I see it. No children should have to do this. Nobody should have to do it at any age if they don't want to. And they certainly shouldn't have to do it to uphold their scoundrel dad and soon-to-be stepmom's trashy image. Yeah. All right. Well, that I did not quite realize that was why they uh, were put through that. That's deeply tragic. It is. It, it's tragic in so many ways. Let's fast forward a couple years, shall we, to 1999. At this point, Charles and Camilla, now that things have you know died down a little bit, the outrage from Diana's death and so on, Charles and Camilla make their first official public appearance together at the Ritz London Hotel, where they attend a birthday party for Camilla's sister. There are hundreds of photographers there. They are in the press everywhere. This is a real official outing. More official outings and royal engagements follow. And then finally, on April 9th, 2005, the two marry. And Charles's parents, they don't want to attend the wedding. Camilla's parents, they don't want to attend the wedding. So instead, Camilla's son, Tom, and Charles's son, Prince William, act as the witnesses to the union. And I don't know about how you two felt at this time, but I just thought, ugh, God. And one thing I forgot to mention earlier that I think should be mentioned is that Camilla's son, Tom, guess who Tom's godfather is when Tom Prince was born? Charles, of course, yes. right? Yes. Because that's how this love quadrangle works. Yes. I think it's really telling that your parents, neither set of parents attend. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, mean, I mean, his, I mean, his mother gave permission for the, like, that could only happen because she ultimately relented. <laughs> yeah. She, she ultimately gave permission. Great. Now this man who is middle-aged, solidly middle-aged can get married. I mean, can you imagine, by the way, you're in your fifties. 
and you're still waiting for your mom to give you permission to get married and she gives you permission, but still won't show up for the wedding. No, it's quite a statement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy, this guy, I mean, I know we're talking about Camilla being trashy here, but full disclosure, I think Charles is trash too. So moving forward. In I, Prince Harry. I don't think Harry. you're alone in that assessment of Charles <laughs> by any stretch. <laughs> so moving forward, in Prince Harry's memoir, Spare, perhaps you've heard of it, the fastest selling nonfiction book of all time, which came out this year. Prince Harry makes clear that Charles and Camilla strategically planted stories about Harry and William, but mostly about Harry at this time to draw attention away from their negative public image. They are trying to, you know, rehash their image. Look, we're happily married. Mom approves. It's all good. They're trying so hard to look good. But part of their trying to look good is to throw the boys under the bus, to try and make Harry look so bad so that the world can say, oh, poor Charles. He's not just the future king. He's just a dad like the rest of us trying to do his best with his troubled son. His son's out of control. Look at this poor woman. She's just trying to be a stepmom. Who wants to be a stepmom to an out-of-control juvenile delinquent? So they're planting all of these stories. And, of course, Harry then has to face this times 100 once he starts dating his now wife, Meghan Markle. Because when he and Meghan start dating, we all know the tabloid coverage gets even more vicious. It's not just about Harry being a juvenile delinquent. It's about Megan being certain things I can't say because I don't say those words, but racist words, sexist words, classist, misogynistic. There is hate. There is ugliness. There's even more invasiveness, uh, invasion of privacy of Harry and Megan happening at this time. And at this point, it's not just Charles and Camilla throwing Harry and Meghan under the bus. According to Harry, it's also William and Kate doing the same thing. So everyone's just dogpiling on them. So the family just gets more and more trashy at this point. And, you know, Meghan and Harry, they're not going to take it. They decide they're going to push back. We are going to file lawsuits, invasion of privacy lawsuits, lawsuits that make it clear that you got these stories through nefarious means. We are going to say on the record which stories are outright false, including... The story that was widely published and republished that Megan is an angry black woman who made Kate cry. You know, the old angry black woman stereotype. We all know that one, which it turned out to be the other way around. But no, the tabloids weren't interested in publishing a story of a white woman making a black woman cry. They don't care about that. So Harry and Megan go on the record. They say, what's up? They sue these tabloids. But meanwhile, Camilla does the ultimate trashy thing. Within the past couple of years, Camilla decides who is going to be her new PR rep to really help her get her image down. She's going to be queen soon. She needs her image to be out there on the up and up. She needs to have the best image out there. Who does she hire? She hires an executive from the Daily Mail to be her new head of PR. Yes, the same Daily Mail that is guilty of invading Megan and Harry's privacy, the same Daily Mail that has just published terrible story after another after another about Camilla's stepkids. It that- all seems very <laughs> insidious. And I know that Harry talked about all of this happening years ago in his book, but day mm-hmm. by day by day, even today, there's new news coming out about Charles, Camilla, 
Kate, William, and how they have manipulated the press into really making Harry and Meghan look bad for their own aims. Yes. And at the same time, these rags are publishing really ridiculous stories about Camilla to try and make her look good. Like, ooh, Camilla's a feminist, actually. Like oh, that one on. really cracked me up. Camilla's really? a feminist. <laughs> Camilla's a feminist. And then recently there was a story that Kate's ancestors, they actually were anti-slavery, just so you know. So Kate's not a bad guy because she had ancestors who were opposed to slavery. Like, come on. That's the best you can do. And that doesn't change how you're treating Megan. That does not change how you are throwing her under the bus, any of you. Have you seen this maybe apropos to nothing, but Kate, Princess Kate, is getting a little bit of thrown under the bus herself. Have you seen the missing jewels from the collection pieces coming out against her? You know, I've seen a few bits and pieces about her, but for the most part, I would say she has done something that is very different from Diana and closer to what the queen does, which is she stays silent so often that folks just project things on her. She doesn't give speeches like Megan did. She doesn't go out there and meet people like Megan did. She doesn't cry on TV like Diana did. She just is so silent. For the first three years she was married, I don't know if anyone heard her say a single word. She never gave a speech or anything. And it's kind of amazing if you add it all up, how little she has said or done and what little she has done, the world is usually dazzled by because, wow, she said or did something because she never says or does anything. So speaks English. Amazing. (laughs) Like when she played that very simple, almost like elementary school age piano kind of song at Christmas time, people thought, oh my God, she's a piano prodigy. She's amazing. And it's like, is she, or is it, her just doing something for once and she's never done anything before. And this is not me trying to throw Kate under the bus so much as to say, when you give the public so little, every time you give them something, they will latch onto it as if it's far greater than what it is. And that's a move right out of the Queen's handbook. So well done. Well done, Kate. (laughs) But back to Camilla for a second. Let's do it. I just want to point out that it's not just that Camilla is in bed with the tabloids. She's also in bed with some of the people who make their bread and butter attacking Harry and Meghan in the press, like Jeremy Clarkson and Piers Morgan. Lest we forget, Jeremy wrote a very graphic editorial calling for Meghan to be stripped naked and marched through the streets of every village in England while people threw excrement at her. And Piers Morgan has dedicated hundreds if not thousands of hours of TV to debasing Meghan and Harry, but Meghan specifically saying horrendous, heinous, violent things about Meghan. So these are people that Camilla keeps company with, that she adores, that she calls out in the press when she's interviewed, people that she admires. Like, really, Camilla, these are the people that you're going to say you admire? The ones who treat your family this way? That Clarkson piece was like a cry for help. That, like... That is stuff you talk through with your therapist. Like you, the fact like you're acknowledging that you have these fantasies of like horrifically abusing women that you don't even know. So gross. So gross. So gross. So gross. Yeah. You don't publish that in a paper. I think you're right. You talk to a specialist about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Ah, So let's fast forward to the present 
within the past year, as we know, Queen Elizabeth died. But before her death, she granted Charles permission to style Camilla queen consort when it was time for him to ascend the throne. This left many Diana fans around the world incensed and outraged. It left many people wondering, how is it that Prince Philip, who wanted desperately more than anything to be a king, how is it that he never got to be king consort? Meanwhile, Camilla, the side piece, she gets the queen title. How is this happening? A lot of people had questions. It is rumored that the reason why Camilla got that title, title was Andrew, as we know, Prince Andrew, his involvement with Jeffrey Epstein, with sexual assault, with certain crimes that we all know about, that apparently Charles said to the Queen, if we as a family pay off his legal bills, if we push all of this under the rug, then I expect Camilla to get a title out of this. That is what is rumored is the reason why she gets to be queen consort. All because of stupid Andrew ruining things again. Andrew ruining things in lots of ways before this for innocent young teenage girls, but now ruining it for everybody else who just thinks Queen Camilla should not be queen. Prince Andrew is his own standalone Trashy Royals episode coming in the future for sure. So much trash. So much trash. So to wrap this up, we know a couple months ago, the coronation happened finally. The queen is no longer with us. We are told by the palace that this is going to be a very scaled down, somber event. The world is still mourning the queen, the longest reigning monarch in all of British history. Charles is looking the whole time as if he is about to cry. He is very, very somber. But every single time the camera pans over to Camilla, is it just me or is she smirking? Is she smiling? Is she on the verge of laughing? It is truly a day where she is not somber. That's all I can say. It is a day of triumph. It is the rise of the side piece. She is wearing her trash crown for the whole world to see. She has truly won this long game, this long game that began over 50 years ago. She is the queen of trash. Yes. Yeah, it is the work of generations in her family. Yes. Yes. I think we just named this episode The Rise of the Side Piece, (laughs) Consort Camilla with Kristen Meinzer. I've wondered if Elizabeth kind of went to her grave thinking, I should have just let those two idiots get married in the same. (laughs) I think she should have. I think I think the queen should have said. Take your chain smoking girl who likes to have sex with you. Take her to the church, get married. I'm fine with it. Just do it. I don't care. Just do it. You know, I think the queen had very limited ideas of who was appropriate. And I think she had an antiquated idea of what marriage is supposed to be. Like, I'm just going to say something here I don't agree with. She was 14 and she said, this guy who's five years older, Philip, he's my future husband. And they started writing letters back and forth to each other. And gross. You're 14. You think that's cool? You think all people should get married to a teenager? You think all people should be teenagers when they fall in love? Like Diana, like Kate. Kate was 19 when she and William got together. Not everybody should marry the first person they fall in love with when they're a teenager. Most of us shouldn't. Most that of is us not a good way to go about things. Maybe marry I, an equal. Like I will say this, for as trashy as Charles and Camilla are, at least they're equals. They're only months apart in age. They grew up in the same circles. 
they had the same advantages and disadvantages in life for the most part. They're equals. Well, and they seem to have really found each other. They like each other. Like if the queen had just gone along with it, all kinds of drama and trauma and nonsense could have possibly been avoided. And and there would be a Lady Diana Spencer or whatever her married last name was going to all the pony shows and doing her thing on the weekends and the world would be none the wiser, you know? Yeah, she'd just be living her best yacht life or whatever she's doing, (laughs) doing her dressage, whatever it is. And she would not be dealing with that trash, that trash of Camilla and Charles. Yeah. So, Kristen, it really comes down to this. How many trashy crowns are involved in this tale? Oh, my gosh. You know, who gets them? Who gets them? And and in what number? I have to say that even though I've been trashing on Camilla throughout this, I think Charles is way trashier than Camilla. Charles should have said, you know what? When I go off to do my military service, I am going to ask you, Camilla, to wait for me. And the minute I get back, we're getting married. He shouldn't have just left her hanging. And he should have stood up to his mom and said, I don't want a virgin. I want a woman who's good in bed and knows what she likes and reciprocates. Okay, mom, that's what I want. I don't want a freaking teenage virgin. I'm in my 30s. Okay, why would I want a teenage virgin? That's not what I want. 1970s. Get hit, mom. (laughs) God, mom, come on. Andrew is trash. Andrew is the reason why a lot of people in this world have PTSD right now. And I mean that in all seriousness. That is not a joke. He has hurt people. Andrew is pure trash. And then on top of that, because of his trashiness, Camilla is no longer princess consort as she was supposed to be. She has got the title queen. And I don't think that's what she should have as her title. She should not. So he's trash too. There's just trash left and right here. I mean, you know, those islands that exist in the sea that are standalone because there's so much trash that's what we're talking about yeah it's not just like it's not it's not just like a trash heap it's not trash bags it really is its own standalone landmass like trashy archipelagos yes thank you yes wow so so the Windsor family is just is just that that great gyre where all of the garbage connects and swirls Yes, sadly, sadly. And it continues to swirl and swirl like the Christmas wreath that they are. Yes. <laughs> and we're here and we're hooked for it. Thank you for catching us up, our royal expert on all the latest haps and past and present and future, maybe with Camilla and Charles. Kristen, uh, you are the podcasting superstar. You of by the book and how to be fine, but you've just recently launched something that may be of interest to our Trashy Royals fans here. Tell everybody about your new podcast. Yes, my new podcast is called The Daily Fail. And uh, The Daily Fail, my friend Maura and I, we host it. And in each episode, we dissect and laughed at three different stories from the tabloids from the past week. And The reason I got interested in making fun of the tabloids and, you know, not just making fun, but just close reading of the tabloids. What are they really saying here? What is misogynistic here? What is racist here? The reason I got into it was originally because of my coverage of the royals. It became impossible for me to cover the royals without noticing that misogyny, without noticing that coded classism, xenophobia, all of the stuff that is folded into the tabloids. And 
for the most part, they just hate women. And it's hard not to notice that. They hate fat people. Hard not to notice that. They have a lot of opinions. They may be publishing certain facts, but surrounding those facts are just lots of strong perspectives. And those perspectives are full of hate. And so I decided I needed to make a podcast looking at those tabloids, laughing at those tabloids, hopefully getting other people to laugh at them too, rather than just be angry and shaking their fist at the sky all the time. So it's called The Daily Fail and The Daily Fail. New episodes drop every Friday. I hope folks check it out. It's such a perfect title too, because I know that is the derisive name for The Daily Mail in the UK. And am I correct in in thinking that like a day after Boris Johnson resigned from Parliament, he published his first new, I mean, he he was a newspaper columnist before he published his first new column in the Daily Mail. Is that correct? Isn't that just funny how that happens? They That's, just get all the best and brightest to work for them, don't they? <laughs> People who absolutely should not be working in any form of real journalism somehow all end up with their own editorial contracts with that yeah. particular newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> at least we know we'll have lots more to talk about with him on board. Oh, God, forever, yes. <laughs> and that's exactly right. We're doing a big curtsy over here from our trashy headquarters. Thank you so much for joining us today. This what was so a delightful great. ride. Kristen, you're invited back anytime. We want to dish in to more of the trash. Thank yeah, you so much. I'm time. always happy to come back and talk trash with you too. Fantastic. Yeah. And so check out The Daily Fail anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks again to Kristen. Thanks again to all of you for joining us today, spending your time with us. We'll be returning next week with yet another trashy tale of royal delight. Until we meet again, Kristen, we don't really have a sign off yet. Keep your eye on the crown. Watch (laughs) the throne. We're still trying to workshop that. (laughs) No idea, really. I'm going to think about that myself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, If you get any good ideas, let us know. Again, friends, thanks everybody for tuning in. Kristen, you're the very best. You are welcome back anytime. Y'all, we'll see you next week back for another edition of Trashy Royals. Bye, friends. Bye-bye.